the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. And the title of the message is The Remedy for Envy. The most common destroyer of friendship is not anger, it is not impatience, it is not unkindness, it is envy. So the question is, what is envy? Envy is resenting God's goodness to others and ignoring his goodness to us. The Bible tells us that envy is behind most other sins. James chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition... There you find disorder and every evil practice. The Bible says in different um, places that envy can make you power hungry. It can make you rude, sarcastic, spiteful, stingy, stubborn, unforgiving, ungrateful, unkind and vain. Not a pretty picture. Nothing destroys friendship faster than envy. It can destroy families by sibling, sibling rivalry. It can destroy businesses. It can destroy neighborhoods. It can even cause nations to go to war against each other. Envy is one destructive sin. So the question we must ask then is, if it is so destructive, how do we root it out of our lives? Sometimes you learn what to do by looking at what not to do. In the parable of the vineyard, recorded for us in Matthew chapter 20 and read by Minister Marikines, Jesus tells us of some people who were envious of others. A farmer goes out and he hires five different kinds of day workers. He starts out with workers at the beginning of the day, and then he goes out four more times and hires other workers. To the first workers, he said, I'll pay you a set wage. 
they contracted for what we may, some translations say, a dollar a day, which was the going rate at that time. To the others that he picks up later, he says, I'll pay you what is fair. So they are just trusting in his generosity to be fair. At the end of the day, he decides to pay everybody the same amount. Those who began at 8 a.m. got the dollar they had contracted for. Those who began at 5 p.m. and worked one hour were also given a dollar. Those who started in the morning were upset that the others who started in the afternoon received what they, what they didn't deserve. So they became envious. In this story of the vineyard we, or parable of the vineyard, we learn five remedies for envy. If you want to get envy out of your life, you must first Stop comparing yourself to others. Comparing is at the root of all envy. And comparing was the first mistake made by these workers. Matthew 28 through 10, in the New Living Translation says, That evening, he told the foreman, to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. But they too were paid a day's wage. In other words, they started making comparisons. Look what they are getting. So we should be getting more. We deserve more. We ought to have more because we have been working all these hours in the hot sun. They started comparing. The Bible says over and over again, never compare yourself to anybody else. You're never to compare the way you look, never compare your income, your intelligence, your children, your husband or wife, your job, or anything else. The Bible tells us never to compare ourselves to anyone uh, else for two reasons. One, you're unique. God made you special and he made me special. There's nobody like you or like me on this planet of over 7 billion people. He made the mold and then he broke it. You can't be compared to anybody else. But the second reason is, if you start comparing, it is always going to lead to one of two sins, pride or envy. You see, when you start comparing yourself, the way you look or the possessions that you have, you think either, I'm doing better than them, and you become full of pride. Or, they are doing better than me, 
and you get full of envy. They are both sins. So God says, never compare yourself to others because it's always going to lead to either pride or envy. A lot of times, we envy people because we don't know the whole story behind their success. If you know their background or the sacrifices they have made to get where they are, or if you know their pain and their hurt, or if you know what it costs them to get what they have, you might not want it. You don't know the whole story, and that causes you at times to envy others. Envy occurs when you really don't know people intimately. You can see people's strengths or successes from a distance. But it's only when you get up close that you see their faults, their failures, their problems, their pain. When you see people from a distance, it's a whole lot easier to envy them. Nobody is as cool as they appear to be. They may look like they've got it all together, but if you get close, you'll see they don't have it all together. Nobody is as happy as they seem to be. Nobody is as carefree as they seem to be. Nobody is as satisfied with their life or as successful as they appear to be. The constant stream of celebrities checking into psychologists' offices and clinics, isn't doing, they aren't doing it for fun. They're doing it because their lives are coming unraveled. Every one of us has hidden hurts. God has tailor-made your cross and mine. It's just the one that's right for you and right for me. So the first remedy for dealing with envy is to get to know people before you begin to envy them. Because when you get to know them closely, you will realize that you don't need to envy them, but you can pray for them. This problem of envy has been around since the dawn of civilization. In fact, they were doing it way back when men lived in caves, and even when Cain killed his brother Abel. But the second remedy for evil is start enjoying God's grace to others. Start enjoying God's grace to others. When you, see, when you see God being kind, good, and gracious to others, learn to enjoy it rather than to resent it. You need to be happy when God is blessing somebody else. This does not come naturally. You have to learn it. You have to learn to rejoice in other people's blessings. This is the exact opposite of what these workers did. The workers who worked all day were paid exactly what they con contracted for. They weren't cheated. They just resented other people being given as much as they received. Matthew 20, 10 through 13 and verse 15 says, 
the workers who had been hired first thought that they would be given more than the others. But when they were given the same, they began complaining to the owner of the vineyard. They said the ones who were hired last worked for under one hour, but you paid them the same that you did us. And we worked in the hot sun all day long. The owner answered one of them, friend, I didn't cheat you. I paid you exactly what we agreed on. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Why should you be jealous if I want to be generous? And the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, I think it's verse 15, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, it is easy to weep with those who weep, those who are in sorrow. It's easy when someone is having a tough time to be sympathetic. It's much more difficult to rejoice when they have a success. We don't handle the successes of other people too well. Because God blesses somebody does not mean that there is not enough blessing for you. He just wants to do it in different ways. You see, God does not bless all of us the same way. Some have good health, others don't. Some have good achievements, others don't. Some have um, resources which others don't have. You see, we are blessed in different ways. And we need to learn to rejoice in the blessings of other people. The fact is envy comes most often in the area that you're most interested in and talented in. For instance, athletes envy other athletes. Doctors envy other doctors. Teachers envy other teachers. Preachers envy other preachers. Writers envy other writers. Musicians envy other musicians, and so on. In fact, brothers envy brothers, sisters envy sisters, things like that. Because envy is such a hidden sin, sin, we don't think it is that bad. We don't think it is as harmful as murder or lust or things like that. But the Bible says envy is an incredibly damaging sin. It is the meanest sin of all because it is wishing bad on other people. It robs you of happiness, makes you miserable and critical. Indeed, criticism is almost always, or let's say negative criticism, is almost always based on envy unless it is constructive criticism. The main thing envy does is it keeps you from entering into the joy of other people. Envy is a choice. I can choose to rejoice or I can choose to resent. Those are the options. Number three, be careful 
or be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for what you have. Instead of focusing so much on what you don't have and what didn't happen, be grateful for what you do have. This also has to be learned. It doesn't come naturally to any of us. So instead of complaining like these workers did, learn to realize that you would have nothing without the goodness of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 7, and 8, the, in the message paraphrase, it says, For who do you know that really knows you, knows your heart? And even if they did, is there anything they would discover in you that you could take credit for? Isn't everything you have and everything you are sheer gifts from God? So what's the point of all this comparing and competing? You already have all that you need. You already have more access to God than you can handle. You see, envy is based on a myth. The myth is, I have to have more to be happy. And you get caught up in this myth, this myth and focus on everybody else. Envy always looks at others and asks, why them? Why do they deserve it? I deserve what they have. But gratitude says, why me? Why did I get this? I don't deserve what I have. The truth is, although we all struggle with envy, it is hard to admit it. One of the reasons why is because it is such an ugly emotion, such an ugly feeling towards others. So when you're envious of others, you really want them to fail. You don't tell anybody else, but it really makes your day when they have a bad day. You see, it is hard to recognize envy because it is all around us. It's a part of our society. You see it every day on television, uh, people uh, criticizing others. You see it in Congress. You see it, you see it um, uh, wherever, wherever you go. If only we could be grateful for what we have, we could begin to solve the feelings of envy. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse 9 says, It is better to be satisfied with what you have than to be always wanting something else. Envy is resenting somebody who already has what you desire. It is not being grateful for what you already have. But the fourth remedy for envy is to trust God when life seems unfair. Trust God when life seems unfair. When it looks like God is blessing somebody in a way that he's not blessing you, you need to relax and trust God. You need to believe that he knows what's going on. Even when you can't see it, you need to trust God when life seems unfair. One of the signs of envy is the language that you use. If you find yourself starting to use the phrase, it's not fair, you have already fallen into the trap of envy. 
It's not fair. Why them? Why not me? I've worked as hard as they have worked. I'm a committed Christian, and I deserve more. And then you start thinking and, and um, saying things like, maybe if I just work more, then God would bless me more. Or maybe if I went to church more, if I went to prayer meeting, if I went to Bible study, then God would bless me more. No, that's not it at all. You need to trust God that he knows exactly what each individual needs. He knows the hurt and he knows the pain. He knows the blessings that each life can handle. In this story, Jesus said that the workers felt that they were being treated unfairly. Not because they weren't paid, they were that they were promised, because they were paid exactly what they were promised. And we look at, when you look at Matthew chapter 20, verses 9 to 12, it says, Those hired at five o'clock came up and were each given a dollar. It's from the message paraphrase. When those who were hired first saw that, they assumed that they would get far more. But they got the same, each of them one dollar. Taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. These last workers put in only one easy hour, and you just made them equal to us, who slaved all day under a scorching sun. The bottom line on envy is this. When you are envious, you're in a battle with God, not with the people that you envy. Because you're doubting God's goodness to you. You think God loves somebody else more than he loves you, that God is playing favorites. Because God knows me better than I even know myself, I need to trust him and trust in his love when life seems unfair. But the fifth remedy for envy is keep focused on God's plan for you. Don't get distracted by what's going on in other people's lives. Center in on God's will for your life. Matthew 20, 13 and 14, uh, the, we read, he replied, that is the, the owner uh, of, the, of the vineyard. He replied to the one speaking for the rest, Friend, I haven't been unfair. We agreed on the wage of a dollar, didn't we? So take it and go. He's basically saying to those who are complaining, Get a life. It's time to move on. Just get over it. Now Hebrews chapter uh, 12 and 1, we need to move on. Uh, it says, let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Know the words particular race. That means a race that is only for you. It is unlike his plan for anyone else. The plan that God has for your life is a plan that he had before you were even born. David says in Psalm 139 and verse 16, You saw me before I was born. 
Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God made you and he made me for a unique purpose. One of the reasons for membership in a church is to help us discover the unique purpose that God has for our life and the particular race that he wants you to run or us to run. So when you get focused on God's particular race for you to run, you don't have time to envy anyone. You can't be bothered with envy because you're living your life for an audience of one that is God. Jesus concludes the story with a shocking statement. Matthew 26 and verse 16, he says, So it is. Everyone who is now last will be first, and everyone who is first will be last. This is what we could call the great reversal. God says when we get to heaven, the tables are going to be turned upside down. All of those celebrities, all of those people of talent, all of those um, wealthy people, famous people that we envy are going to be at the back of the line. Because the line in heaven is not about wealth or fame or possessions and all of those things that we think of now. The point Jesus is making is this. None of the things we envy on earth are going to matter in heaven. Not fame, not wealth, not beauty, not accomplishments. What God is looking for in his children is a meek and holy and humble spirit. He's looking for eyes filled with compassion, lips that speak no evil, feet that walk in righteousness, hands that are ready to assist, a heart that's been redeemed, a giving and a generous spirit, a voice filled with praise and gratitude, and a faith that is steadfast and sure. If we have these godlike qualities, then we will spend our days loving God, obeying God, trusting God, worshiping God, serving God, honoring God, and glorifying God. Then every day will be Sunday, every month the month of May, and every year the year of Jubilee. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.